how can I have spiritual integrity with my sex life, you know? And like, that doesn't have to look like I'm a fucking Puritan. So that's why I mean, I'm curious to ask other people about what their experience is with it, you know? What does their, what does others healing look like? Everybody, this is Rose. And this is Louisa. And you're listening to Sober Sex. I made a promise to myself to stop not listening. What it looks like now is that I make conscious choices around my sexuality. It started with putting down the substances, really, and starting to listen. And the listening to my body has changed. Max, a.k.a. Fucking Sober, is one of the funniest people on the internet, especially when it comes to the hilariously painful joys and struggles of early recovery. While remaining largely anonymous, Max is kind enough to chat with us here on Sober Sex about sober sex, of course, but also sober fatherhood, sober partnership, not being sober while in active alcoholism, and what it's like to be simultaneously internet famous and anonymous. Oh, man, that was really, really fun. How did you, how did you feel it, sense it by the Oh, it was amazing. And it's so funny. It's like, you know, how self-deprecating we can be. And he's like, I'm not funny. I'm boring. And I'm like, you're fucking hilarious. You're on fire. (laughs) Super fun to talk to, super easy to talk to. And I love that he wanted to pivot the conversation away from him so much. It was like pretty cool. Yeah. It felt like a real cut, like a dialogue and that we get, went down some paths that like I wasn't anticipating exploring. And like, it was, it's always nice to like leave the conversation feeling really energized and kind of like ecstatic. Yes. Same, same. No, I, that was a really special one and just loved some of the things we got to talk about. So totally. We hope you also enjoy it. Welcome Max of at fucking underscore sober. Oh, we're starting. Uh, hello, Max. We, we do the introduction after, <laughs> so you don't have to sit there feeling awkward because we realize that that's something that happens. So before we begin, what are your pronouns? He, him. Cool. She, her. Lily? She, her. Sick. <laughs> and where are you today? Uh, I'm, in, I'm in Brussels, Belgium. That's where I live most of the time, but I just got back here a couple of days ago. A little from, jet lagged. From whence? From where? Yeah. <laughs> from uh, United, from Virginia, United States. That's oh, where yeah. I um, I grew up, and that's where my parents live right now. So I was shy. home for a month with my parents. It was lovely. Where <laughs> it was Virginia? lovely, actually. I really I mean, <laughs> to really disclose your location, uh, <laughs> try okay. and No, just kidding. You don't <laughs> right. have to say if you don't want. I only know Culpepper. Uh, well, so I grew. Oh, Colt? Really, Culpepper? Horses. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, so. Uh, um, I grew up outside of D.C. in the suburbs of D.C., but my parents live uh, on the coast in southeast Virginia. So when I go back there, I stay with them. It's great. They're near the ocean. They have a pool. It's amazing. The life. But um, awesome. yeah, I was with my parents for, and I'm I'm a full grown adult <laughs> with a family of my own. Like staying with my parents for a month, it was, it was interesting. It's really nice. I mean, you're like, <laughs> when I go, whenever I go to my mom's, my dad less, but definitely my mom's, I'm just like tend to like eat all her food and just like, <laughs> like, like weird, weirdly turn into a giant teenager. Oh my God. I do the same thing. I'm actually at my parents right now. And I was noticing that I was like having like multiple <laughs> bowls of cereal last night, which I never do at my house, but I was just like, I'm going to do this right now. It's going to be great. <laughs> Self-soothing. <laughs> I did that too. I woke up at 4.30. 
p.m. a.m. a.m. jet lag I, my, I, my body doesn't know what time it is I'm on drugs I feel like and I woke up and I ate uh, Cocoa Puffs we don't have I don't have popcorn oh Jesus cereal but I um, we have a child now so like we have to fill our house with this stuff um uh, uh what was I gonna say oh Lily this is this is I've listened to the podcast now several times uh but it's usually Rose right and yes exactly but, but now you well, so Rose is on maternity leave, and uh, and Louisa and Rose are two of my very nearest and dearest and longtime friends, and uh, and so they asked if I'd be willing to do it to, while Rose is on maternity leave. So I've stepped in for a bit. Oh, great! So is, yeah. this, is this your first podcast or no? No, this would be my Welcome. third. And, and once she was a guest, <laughs> I was a guest three ago, which hasn't come out yet, but it will, and so. Yeah. And I live in between, well, I mostly live in Los Angeles, but I've been in Paris like for a lot of the year for the last few years. So really kind of, um, yeah, uh-huh. around in the Paris scene too, which is how I know, you know, all the people we were talking about. So yeah. Where were you, um, for lockdown? That's what determines everything. Oh yeah. For lockdown, I was in Laguna beach. So not, not, uh-huh. not as rough, but I just got back from Paris yesterday. Uh-huh. Okay. So you're both super jet lagged. Except in opposite directions. Yeah, but if you're in LA right now, or you're in California, right? Yeah, I'm in California. So, yeah, I mean, that's a 12-hour? No. Nine. What is that? Nine hours. Nine hours. Nine hours. You know, I actually have a lot of friends in Brussels, though, and spend a lot of time there, which is, I love Brussels. And how did your move there happen, like, as an American based in Belgium? Oh, me. Okay. Um, uh, Well, I I don't know. I am... I don't know, man. I'm just sort of living here. <laughs> no, uh, we're gonna we're gonna make this serious. We're gonna get serious now. This is this is the podcast. I have to be I have to be honest. Um, so we lived. My wife is Polish, and I we lived in Poland before this. Um, I we we married in Poland, but I met her in D.C. So anyway, I um we we met each other in D.C. Uh, and then she moved back to Poland, and then uh, I was that was I was an active addiction at the time, but it wasn't as bad as it was in the in the final couple of years. And then I, I sort of followed her to Poland. I didn't, I, I really didn't like what I was doing at the time. And I, um, I lived with her and then we got married and then, um, and then she got a job here and then I, but I was still doing a graduate program in Poland and I waited a year and that was when really the drinking took off. And then I, um, and then I, and then I joined her here and then it was, and then there was a little bit of a rock bottom, <laughs> but anyway, that's why we're here. And I, um, but I, I don't, <laughs> I don't know how to get into this except to say like, um, I failed a, a shit ton in life. <laughs> like I failed my way into the circumstances I came into. Not like I don't have agency at all. I've absolutely, I have had, and I have now absolute agency. But um, like I didn't get anywhere I ha- I am on a winning streak. So um, it's re- it's really weird because like along the way, like I I absolutely love my wife, um, and I hope she she loves me. And um, like we have a kid now, but like it's it's so strange that these things happen because concurrently like my addiction and everything was just just destroying me from the inside out basically but i but i you know so like i want like okay i'm just gonna go into this this is i'm, I'm just talking is that okay okay I can go yeah. in all right so yeah we love it. so so, when, <laughs> so like the the final years were kind of fucking shitty <laughs> to say the least like I, I got sober, uh, probably older, like I know older than Louisa, a lot older than Louisa did. Um, and then Lily, I'm sure older than you were. And, um, 
it was pretty miserable. And I, um, but when I got sober, it was like, I got, I got sober in Brussels, Belgium and I'm, and I'm married to, to, to my wife. And I, um, like these are, you know, it's not where I grew up. It's not the person that I, I didn't know her growing up. I didn't know this either culture growing up. Uh, and so, so getting sober in this environment, I was like, <laughs> like I had to, I had to question everything. Like I, like sobriety, early sobriety for me was really, I mean, it was probably averagely intense for everyone, but it's really intense. And one of, like I had, I was just like, I questioned, I, my idea of getting sober was when I was, when I was newly sober was like, why am I here? This place sucks. Why am I married to this person? Like, I don't love her. She doesn't love me. And like, what am I doing in life? Like I, w- I was working, but I was only working like two or three days a week. Um, and it was like independently, but like, it was just really kind of sketchy. Um, and I, I just had, I, 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 I just had to question everything. And, and it was kind of, um, it was weird because it's, um, you know, it's like waking up from a dream and being like, I don't, I don't know what I like. I don't know. And it wasn't just that stuff either. It was like, I really don't know who I am. And I don't know, like, I don't know who, who I want to be. I don't know, like, I don't know who Max something is, you know? And so, um, I had to learn to, I had to learn to appreciate these things. And the, oh, the best thing, piece of advice someone said, and I know this is in the big book of whatever our fellowship is, but, um, <laughs> like don't do anything stupid in your first year. I like that. Like a lot of people say, is don't, don't get into a relationship in your first year, but that, that's irrelevant for me. Don't make big changes. Don't yeah. make big changes. Which was don't yeah. do, like big changes for me would have been doing something stupid. <laughs> really, don't do anything stupid. When I got sober, the first thing I want to do is be like, all right, yeah. fuck this country, fuck this relationship I'm in, fuck everything, fuck the job I'm doing, I'm out. And what that would yeah. mean was I would have I would have gone straight back home to my parents' house. I would have tucked my tail between my legs. I would have like, and I now know that when I'm with my parents for any amount of time, sober, serene, whatever, I like. I revert to childhood, teenager, to need teenhood, and like that would have been <laughs> yeah. a good, that would have been a really bad place for me in sobriety and in early sobriety. And I am, um, I'm glad I sat with it because, because in fact I do like this place. Mm-hmm. And wherever I am, if I don't like it, like it's usually that's usually represent that is telling me something about my inside, not so, telling me something about the place and the relationship I'm in. Um, yeah. I, abs- I actually do love her, you know, like I was drunk and I was, and I was stupid, but I love her. And she, and I think she loves me, whatever. I'll shut up. How are y'all? Oh, <laughs> no, I think that that's really like, it's really insightful and, and helpful to mention actually. Cause I know like Lily and I both got sober, like Lily, you were 21 or 20? 20. Wow, okay. um, yeah. We were both 20, <laughs> which is like, we basically have like the personality is like, a Brit, especially like kind of ex- excluding the years prior to getting sober at 20 that you were using, like a personality is like, I don't know, glitter dust. Like, <laughs> like it doesn't really what? exist. Yeah. I mean, or it exists strongly, but in kind of like bizarro adolescence. An immature kind of way. Yeah, absolutely. And so every, every kind of like question of maturity becomes like, is this difficult and confusing because I'm getting sober or because I'm like, never have been any like I've never been an adult before in any kind of capacity you know so I think we it sounds like we kind of hit similar similar points in that like identity crisis of early recovery and and that's actually like 
it's helpful, you know, because I think that when like newcomers come in and are just like, what the fuck? You can be like, honey, <laughs> don't worry about yeah. it. Yeah, I kind of want to say like, yeah. I don't know either. I don't know shit. Absolutely. <laughs> That's not much of a much of an example to say like, <laughs> what, you're five and a half years sober and you don't know anything about life. Yeah, I don't know, you know? But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and how has um, COVID been for you and yours? Like, uh, well, so how, how did you guys survive? It, so we were here. Um, my child was one when it hit, she had just turned one. And so my, the last time I saw basically people socially was at our first, at our first birthday party at our house. And then, and then COVID hit and I, um, I immediately lost my job, uh, because I teach, but I had a temporary contract at the time and they didn't want to give me, keep me there while, while they were dealing with, with pandemic. But, um, I don't know, we made do, uh, it was actually the best year of my life. Like it was, it was absolutely the most significant. It was, you know, uh, I've heard this said about in history when someone realizes they're actually living in history, like when 9-11 happened, if you guys were old enough, like uh, it's, it's a moment that you realize, oh, this is a historical moment and I'm living in this right now. Like I'm now living in the history of my life, if that makes any sense. Like this my child's first year, like oh, second, right, her right. second year of life, I was there. I was there the whole time with her. My wife was working, so she she just went to remote working, mm. and I was caretaking. And it was like, at first, I was, and, and a lot of the time, like, it, don't get me wrong, it sucks. It really sucks. Like, I don't, I like having my private time <laughs> and like a low, just quiet time, and I just don't have that. But um, it's amazing. Like, it's really, really magical. And so, and I wouldn't have had that. She would have been in uh, daycare and I would have been, I just wouldn't have been present for her the way I was for the year. So it was really amazing. And I mean, but it, you know, like I didn't see my family. I didn't see my parents. She didn't see her parents, my wife. It was difficult, I guess, but that's like everyone. Yeah. I, when I was doing the, yeah, no. And when, when I was doing the podcast, I was, you know, and this relates to recovery, I was saying that for me, COVID, it was like a completely one day at a time experience, which has always been a real struggle for me. It's like the actual one day at a time mentality. And it was like forced one day at a time. Like you can only really deal with today in some ways, early COVID. And I love what you're saying. Cause I feel like recovery, you know, if we're doing what we want to, you know, are meant to be doing or not meant to be doing, but if we're doing what's suggested and if we have that relationship with something greater than us, like it gives us a perspective on things that's entirely different. And so I notice, like, I have non-sober friends and I'll say things like, well, wasn't this an opportunity in some ways? Or, you know, isn't it amazing to think that in 40 years we'll be able to tell our, you know, young kids that we were there for that year of life and this sort of historical <laughs> moment of it. And they look at me like, what? <laughs> you know? And I like, but, but there's this sense of perspective around like, this is, you know, some relatively temporary, although not as temporary as we might've initially thought, but just sort of like, an appreciation of what it is right now that like I I would have felt personally victimized by COVID and all of the sort of twists and turns that the pandemic has taken before I got sober. It's I would have been like, you know, and I feel I see that with other people that are like, you know, asking someone to wear a mask is like at them personally, we're we're victimizing them kind of thing. And I'm like, that mentality shift is 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 definitely present at, with some you know yeah also i mean i have to say that having know. A, you know people i live with two people you know and a dog so um i know my single friends have had it a, much, a lot harder and i yeah and a lot of people i mean people really had it really yeah. hard so and so I'm, I'm very fortunate to not have many problems oh for sure same same here yeah yeah 
I think it's really helpful to like to remember that kind of element of gratitude of like shit like a ton of people fucking died but also like I some can sometimes especially like kind of with my line of work get very attached to a narrative that's like this is fucking devastating globally yeah and like forget the fact that like this time downtime even though it's like I miss working for instance I miss people I miss I miss my parents really bad I miss you Lily like has actually been really important for kind of uh like repairing a lot of stuff that like was just never like I'm, I'm kind of talking like psychologically or emotionally that like I would never have gotten time to if I was constantly kind of disrupting my own like yeah ability to neurologically heal from constant travel (laughs) you know just like stress assault on the system you know so you know and it's like I've been trying to have this perspective that like whatever I'm bitching about in the day to like just examine it like turn the turn the issue to to a space where I'm like there is no problem like in the present moment there's literally like nothing nothing wrong like I was on the I was yeah. on the hold with the bank before right as the and they picked up right as the podcast was about to start and like that could be like oh these motherfuckers I mean I started you can see it in the chat log <laughs> I was like fucking on hold with you like or it's like oh we'll do that later there's no problem you know and like yeah. what what an opportunity you know to be just like okay so where where can I shift this like from being like Max, as you were talking about, like my kind of early recovery mindset of like, everything is fucked. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so like, what if there was not really like an issue? What if I wasn't like kvetching about right. it constantly? Yeah. And I think we're, yeah. we're absolutely fortunate because we've absolutely. had to, we've had to look at ourselves the way that like, I mean, I can speak, only speak for myself. It, before I start, before I got into recovery, so before I stopped drinking, I couldn't look at myself. And for something like this to have happened, I would be drinking constantly. Mm. And do and like I would probably be doing yes. things like I'd be going to illegal bars and illegal clubs and stuff and like because I I couldn't one of the things that I realized in sobriety early sobriety yeah. was I couldn't <laughs> be alone in my thoughts like you know that's why you know meditation and, and and just solitude is super important for me because it's only then that like I can let you know something bigger than myself get in and um, without that like. Mm-hmm. Just and I wouldn't have willingly done all, any of this, by the way. Like this was all forced upon me. Like <laughs> I would not willingly look at myself in any way, shape, or form unless I was faced with a life or death situation that I was faced with. So I don't kind of like I don't want to flex on anyone yeah. who doesn't. I I, I want to only feel compassion. Of course, I sometimes I'm like, yeah, goddamn it, like one of my sisters or something. I'm like, you need to get over yourself and like realize that people have it a lot worse. But also, I want to be like, wait, I would never be in the position yeah. where I am had it not been for this such, you know, me almost dying. So it's good to be mindful. I mean, and to kind of get get to that, like, can you kind of give us a, a debrief on what it was like, what happened and what it's like now? Because, like, you talked kind of about the the geographical features, the relational features, but, like, what was your kind of right. act- okay, active well, alcoholism um, like? I don't I, I was a ma- I was a drinker mostly. Um, I liked. Um, I also like cocaine and amphetamines and stuff like that. Um, MDMA, but uh, <laughs> but I'm a drunk. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I you know from an early age I loved it. I absolutely loved it, and it and it it sunk its teeth in me a lot earlier than I thought it had. But 
But basically the first time I got drunk, I re, you know, that was it. That was the goal. So if I worked, if I, if, if, when I was studying, if I studied, I, I was studying so I could have the freedom to drink and do drugs. And then, um, but the consequences weren't bad. And so like slowly and slowly, but surely like over years, <laughs> um, it, it just got worse and worse until, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I just did, I didn't want to get, I didn't want to look at it. I wouldn't even admit like, okay, I would say that I was a drunk and I would say that, okay, whatever, but we're all drunks. And if you don't drink, something's wrong with you. You don't like life. You don't appreciate life because alcohol, life is for having fun and alcohol is absolutely part of that. Drugs are too. And if you're not doing that, then you're, you're a loser. Like, I'm sorry. And that was my perspective. So I, I, I wanted to, and I, and, it, and I needed it. In the end, I absolutely needed it. And I, and it was killing me and I needed it. Um, it was, it was like, in the end, it was the only thing that gave me, um, you know, it gave, it was the only thing that gave my life meaning. I mean, I had so much, I had a wife who loved me. I was still with my wife. I still had a home. I wasn't homeless. I had some, something of a job. I had a dog that loved me. Um, and so I had all these great things, but they didn't give me anything meaningful, which is sad because in early sobriety, I had to, what was I, was I living a lie? Was it, you know, coming back to my relationship? Like, have I just been like we say, taking this person hostage. And in some ways I had, but also I loved her. So it's this, and then I, I, I'm going to jump around a little bit, I guess, but, um, I I've had to come to terms with Karen. Go crazy. (laughs) Like whatever. Oh, butterfly. Um, I've had to come to like, I have really bad ADHD. It's never, it's never going to get better. Um, like I've had to come like paradoxes (laughs) kind of trip me up in the beginning, but like talking to other sober people who have been sober a long time, like, especially this one woman, Rachel, this guy, I love her to death. Um, she's just like, yeah, it's a paradox. So what? It doesn't have to make sense in your head. It doesn't, you don't have to make sense of everything. And I've always had to, and I've always put the supreme importance on intelligence. I still, if I don't feel like I'm on top of something mentally, like I'm, I'm like, whoa, what's going on here anyway, but back to the, um, back to what it was like. Uh, yeah. And so I held on to it, but it, um, you know, it was killing me. And I, uh, I think this thing that got me to stop was that it, uh, it stopped working. I could drink as much as I could. And I was, it was ungodly amounts. Um, but it was, um, like I, and I would get drunk. I couldn't operate a heavy machinery or drive a car, but, um, I just, I was, I was still lucid. Like it was, it wasn't doing what I wanted. It it wasn't giving me oblivion. Um, and so I was, I felt fucked and then, (laughs) right. I'm writing down it wasn't giving me oblivion and I will use it in a song. Oh, that's lovely. (laughs) (laughs) uh, What is it? Um, Oh, and then a friend came. But specifically the last year, I'm really going to what it was like, but the last year, um, that June, so I got sober in in October, late October. In that June, my friend came over from the U.S. and we went to Amsterdam. He he missed his first flight to visit me because he was drunk. And that was like, and that's normal. He, I was like, you fucking idiot. And he was like, whatever, it's okay. I'll, I'll just, I'll just take the next flight. I'm like, you're just, whatever. You just wasted whatever, $2,000. And, um, but he did, and he came over and we went up uh, to Amsterdam and we did a whole lot of crazy weird things. And I had a little, I had a little um, overdose in the, in the hotel room. If you've ever been to Amsterdam, the hotel rooms are insanely small. And so we were in this hotel room. He had already, I think he, he hadn't passed out, but he was lying on the yeah. bed and I was, mixing up putting things in my nose and I um started to feel weird and I went to the bathroom and I had a seizure and kind of freaked I had passed out for a little bit and it came to and I was and uh we had another friend with us and um she was like what are you doing and I just 
I, I jumped, I, I came to and I was just stripping with sweat, but I didn't want to stop. I was like, no, 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 this isn't stopping. So I took a shower and came out. I was like, oh, it's all good. I just, I was just taking a shower. Let's go back out. Um, but uh, some weird, I don't know what happened. Like I felt like my spinal cord had been ripped out of my head. I've been to the doctor countless times, so it's okay. Things are okay. But, um, uh, but that, but so, so that, <laughs> since then, like once or twice, but, but, uh, that happened in June. And so the last, so until, from then until October, I was like, it was just like doom drinking, like, like drinking. My wife was, was traveling a lot. She was traveling for pleasure because she had to get away from me. She didn't want to be around me. And then she was traveling for work as much as possible too. And that was, she, she mm. could do that. So, but then finally she came in October. She was like, look, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I don't want you in my life. You can't, you don't have to leave the house, but I don't want, I, I don't want you in my life. This is over. And I was like, okay, fine. I mean, the alcohol is not working anyway. So I mm. might as well do something about this. I mean, but really that's the mindset I was in. Like, but I, I, like, I didn't know where I was at. Like the person that I loved the most, I was just like, whatever. Okay, fine. I'll do this because, because I didn't, I didn't like how she was treating me at that moment. <laughs> I wanted that to stop. But yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, like you suck, but whatever, you know. Like, and that's that's where I was. But um, yeah. So then I I, I stopped drinking. But that but so what what happened? That was that's what happened. And then it's been roses ever since. It's been lovely. <laughs> no and then like i said before like, i'm sure <laughs> no i've had like i i've had to you know i i didn't know what i liked you know when i was a young kid i liked hiking with my father and i did you know i did boy scouts until i was like this is lame and then i did other things like but i still enjoyed that stuff and i am um, but but when i but I, didn't, I hadn't done that in years so i was like do i like do i like the outside i, I think of myself as an outdoors person but i haven't been outdoors in years i didn't like i didn't like the daytime i liked only the nighttime I hated the sun. And so like I had, I've had to, you know, and this is an, a fully adult man here who's just like, I don't know what I like doing and I don't like, you know, I don't like anything. And I was, I, I had a teenager's yeah. attitude to things. I want to sleep late. I want to eat junk food. And I did. And I, and I want to not, not do anything. And I want to like watch movies and play video games or something. So, but I know that that, that was quickly untenable because it just doesn't work. I, at the time we didn't have a kid. We had a dog. But um, yeah, even the dog was just like, dude, you need to, you need to get your life together. But yeah, yeah. So it's just like, but I, I still don't have my life together. That's the important thing well, I want to say, and I think that that's okay. So if anyone, I don't know. I it, yeah, I love this idea of what you're saying about like you didn't know what you were into or who you were when you came in, and it's like I have that a lot with sponsees who will call and just be like, I don't even know what I like. I don't even know. Or like call me and like, this was a really big fuck up and all this. And it's like, I really try to get in the mindset. Like I tried to with myself and try to with them to just be like, this is all trial and error. We've never done any of this before. So like go do a class, see what lands, go hiking, see what lands. If you hate hiking, like you're not a bad person. There's nothing wrong with that. Figure out the next thing that might really be the thing for you and give yourself permission to have a day where you do the down things that you need to do. Like it's like this tendency to make it all this existential crisis. And of course we are in some ways in an existential crisis, just about being sober, but it's like the rest of it, just like kind of throw some darts, see what lands. Like, you know, it's just sort of, 
And I love that you're sharing about like having no clue. Like I literally didn't know what I liked at all. I wouldn't, I'd have a bite of food and be like, I actually don't know how I feel about, you know, like I was so disconnected, like from myself. Um, and so I think it's, you know, really nice that you share that. Cause I think people think that's a unique problem that they have and like, who am I? And not at all. We get to kind of start from. Yeah. Like, um, stuff. So if you, um, that's cool. Like I talk, when I talk to sponsees or like just friends in recovery and, and in myself, like the first, when I, when something negative, like a negative feeling happens, I'm always, my first reaction is, oh, I shouldn't feel this. This shouldn't happen. I'm good. This is, I'm, a, I'm recovered. Yeah. <laughs> this shouldn't happen. But that's absolutely not the way to go. Yeah. Like I, the best, the best situation I'm in is if something bad happens and I'm yeah. like, okay, this sucks. This sucks, but I'm okay. This is cool. And that's, that's the way it's super weird. Like, I, I guess normal people feel this when they're coming of age, like, I don't know, 10, like 19, 20, 30, 21, 22, but, um, yeah. What is age 30, 40? <laughs> I don't know. What is, what is, what is an adult? Yeah. But, um, but yeah, just being cool with it, being, being like, okay, that's all right. And I can see it. So like with yeah. sponsees, it's like, you just woke up from a slumber and you like are expected to perform and some people in their industry they're in and like everything, like you're expected to perform at a top level. And not only are they not like, they've got, one year of sobriety of being in the world to learn how to be an adult. And also they're in recovery. Like it's not easy being in recovery. So it's just like, chill, you're all right. It's okay. And, but I've had to learn that. Like I got my, what I thought was my dream job at two years sober. I was getting paid more than I'd ever been paid before in my life. It was something that I, I thought I'd been working for, uh, you know, since before sobriety. And I was, I was fired in a month. I gave, I was given a three month, (laughs) <laughs> I was given a three month like trial period. And then after the three months I would get hired. And then in, in Belgium, like if you're hired, uh, it's very difficult. If you're hired in a permanent contract, it's very to get, difficult to get rid of someone. And then after the first month she was like, dude, you, I don't, you can't, this, this isn't working. And I, and I was just like, man, this sucks. And that was two years sober. And I was just like, man, this, but that, um, if yeah. we start talking about sex, then we can start talking about the real things that made me want to relapse. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> this is boring. I told you this is going to be the boring, the most boring podcast. All right, go no, it is great. so not boring. You're really great. It is Max. so not. I'm boring. not just saying that to like make you feel better. No, like, it's really this is fantastic and dynamic. You you are fun. You are super fun to talk to. I'm like not boring at all. So, um, so well, so speaking about sex, like what were some of the early messages you received uh, on sex and sexuality? Well, so okay, so I've got two parents, and I had two parents growing up. They're still married. They love each other oddly. Like, and I say that because like only a couple of my friends from growing up have the same situation. Um, but they were very, I was the youngest. I have two older sisters. They're seven and 10 years older than me. And um, so I, I basically had four parents and I was kind of left on my own. Like when I was, what, 10 or 11, my dad gave me the what's happening to my body book for boys. <laughs> and he was like, here you go, son. <laughs> cool. But I mean, I was like, that. all right, where's the naked lady? <laughs> anyway, um, so I don't know. Like, I guess I was, it was popular culture mostly like meatballs or something. I don't know. Weird movies, weird movies that my friends had. And I had a lot of older friends. And so they would like, they hit puberty earlier. So they, like I was exposed to pornography before it would be something that I would be into, I guess. Um, yeah. And it was from boys mostly. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think my first, yeah. but the, okay. I know. But then my oldest sister, uh, when I was 12, 
she came out to me. She had already come out to my uh, my family, but she came out to me as as she said she was a lesbian at the time. She's now bisexual, but she's married to a woman. Um, but um, yeah, so so that at twelve, I was still kind of like pre sexuality kind of, and so I so then I learned that there's all this other stuff. At first, that kind of hit me. I was like, I was shocked, and I I actually wept. I think. Uh, and looking back, I'm like, man, that was not a cool way to react to your sister coming out to you. <laughs> but whatever, like, um, <laughs> but but that sort of <laughs> to weep. Oh. <laughs> I wonder what that was about. <laughs> well, because I I had these, you know, I grew up. I was like, oh, my parent, my sisters are going to get married and they're going to have kids, and I'm going to be an uncle when I'm 12. And like, but that didn't happen. So um, it was just sort of expectations, these weird expectations that I didn't even like. You're a 12 year old. No one cares. Like, no. I don't care. Like. I didn't have real strong feelings about things. (laughs) No, but I think like the assumption of like, oh, this is how I thought like it was going to go. And it's not going that way. (laughs) It's like, it's this tough on a kid. But um, (laughs) you weren't just a baby homophobe. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Jesus, I'm not. I'm not a homophobe. I declare that I'm not. But uh, what is it? Um, Oh, but like. But te- but teenage teenhood, good God, like the boys and the boy, whatever patriarchy at the time, like I, that was it. Like it was you need to to be a man. I felt like to be a man or to be like a, a cool teenage dude was to like get all the chicks and all that stuff and like be really popular. And that was like that involved not caring for girls like you like girls are not to be cared for. And that was that was what people what was sort of like, I don't know, that was some weird ideal. I don't even know it was thrust on me because I had friends who didn't behave like that and grew up totally differently. But I, but that was something that I, in drinking, I could, I could hold on to these I, or I could not question them. Drinking allowed me to not question things and they allowed me to fit in in a lot of ways. Right. And when I stopped drinking, I was like, you know what? I don't, I don't want to be that dude I pretended to be. Cause when I was like, when I was the kid, I was a lot cooler because right after I cried about my sister being um, gay, like I became this great advocate for her. And I was like, I put, I put triangles on my binder in school and stuff. And when dudes were like, <laughs> when dudes were like, what's that? I'm like, Aww. yeah, well, it's gay rights. And like, you need to like be cool with that because this is how it is. And it's the future. And stuff. But I, but I, I didn't reject that stuff, but like, Max, <laughs> you're the best. But 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 so bad, sweet. I'm not trying to say I'm a good guy because the, because in drinking I kind of can I kind of swing swung the other way. Like I I it's not that I rejected it. I just regressed from it. And I was like I'm a, and and it, it allowed me to be the sort of mm. dude that it, I thought was expected of me. But meanwhile, in sobriety, I've had lots of talks with my father. He doesn't care. He he wants me to be. He really wants me to be happy. He's cool with me being doing whatever. He doesn't want me to be like this alpha male he's not an alpha male by any means no one expected it of me i expected it of myself i i thought that that's what others wanted anyway yeah. but i no, i'm i'm curious yeah. like kind of evolving from there how did your kind of more specifically how did your ideas about sex become informed by your alcoholism like it sounds like you just said you kind of regressed and i think that like that is so much of addiction or like active addiction is like, it allows me to kind of disconnect from the aspiration of who I want to be in this world and kind of like just kind of get dragged along or kind of go in the, the route of not caring and not seeking connection. What um, was your experience with that? Yeah, I think that's absolutely it. It was all perf- like performative. I wanted, I want you to want me, you know? And that's just mm. regardless of, like my, my, well, no, because I just, that's not so simple. It's not so simple because I just, 
I don't know, like I followed my id. I would get drunk and I would just, drinking in college especially was really, I mean, it, it, I could come, I could, I didn't care. I could go to a club, I could go to a party, I could, I could talk to anyone I wanted to talk to when it worked, um, but then it didn't work a lot. Um, but I thought, but I still had the illusion that it could. So, so it allowed me to, to be this guy that I, I kind of thought that I, but it's not like I didn't, I didn't even want to be that guy. If you talk to me, I would say that I didn't want to be that guy. And, I, and if I had to think about it, I would say, no, that's, that doesn't work. It's untenable. But it's uh, it was something in there, and I don't know where it comes yeah. from. I don't, I don't know if that's the patriarchy, if that's something that is imposed upon me, or if it's if, if it's more. I think it's more complex. In my case, it's more complex than that because I, it's something that I will impose upon myself if allowed, if if not, whatever kept in check. Well, yeah, I'm not even sure if it's like gendered even because I know that like for me a bit like and and something that you hear often in in the rooms of recovery is this idea of like being a highly sensitive individual that like drugs or alcohol allowed us to kind of unplug from that part and kind of have like, for me, cocaine, especially was just like, I do not give a fuck about anything. I don't care about you. I don't care about yeah, me. Watch it burn. Like, um, and, and that was amazing when it works, but, but kind of underneath that, like powdery veneer, I was so, I was like, just like my insides were like broken glass. Like, so sensitive so it was suffering yeah. you know from my own like pretending you know and and it, it sounds like you had a kind of similar experience of like that's not actually who I want to be that's not who I am but like it allowed me to function in a way that I thought I needed to right. be in order to, to be in the world yeah because, and it's this layer upon layer of like what I want what tragic, I think people yeah. want what, what I, it's just unpleasant but what about you Lily how about how do you feel about this stuff yeah well, no, I loved what you had to say just about in general that, you know, like alcohol allowed you not to care or not to question anything. When you said that, I was like, yes, like there was something about it for me that just allowed me. And I felt the same way, Louisa, where it's like, you know, it was like, for me, it felt like a force field that sort of protected me from any sort of need to make sense of anything, need to care about anybody else's needs. It was just sort of like blinders. I'm moving forward with what I need to do. You know, I actually didn't talk about this a lot in my podcast for whatever reason, but like the end of it for me looked like hanging out with some people that did not share my values at all, that were like actually super racist, um, scary gang members. And I did not, I, some alcohol and, and the need to continue getting high and I was shooting meth and stuff. So that was kind of my thing, but it allowed me to just, I didn't even clock that stuff felt like I, it insulated me, the, the drugs and alcohol insulated me from needing to have an opinion about that stuff as long as this group of people kept me loaded. And so I think like, in some ways, I, I just really relate to this idea of like, it, like giving you a, the ability and like the actual excuse to not actually have to clock any of that or care about it. And, you know, of course, that the sort of fallout of that comes once you get sober and needing to kind of be like, Ooh, okay, let me actually like look at how I relate to this stuff and all that. It's really important. Um, no, oh, nice. So, what kind of dog is it? Show me your dog. Scared. Show me the animal. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> Gidget. This is Gidget. Gidget. So Gidget's cute. a rescue. She's a, actually Louisa oh, wow. helped me find her. We found her on Instagram and, uh, and then I got her in Los Angeles, but she oh, travels wow. to France with me. Is she, is and, she in the cabin uh, with you? you? Know, she's, a, she's a little world traveler. She's awesome. Gets it worldwide. 
Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, she's, she has a French passport with a very adorable <laughs> little photo in it. You know, these are the, she's kind of like me, actually, if you think about it, like real rock bottom kind of lifestyle. No teeth. And then you're traveling all <laughs> over the world. No teeth. Or as my dentist said, when I got sober, not no teeth, but it's like, you just have one big tooth because it was just all black. He's like, it's like you just have one large tooth. The doggy French, French doggy passport. <laughs> really no one large black tooth from meth. Oh, I wish I had <laughs> it to show you. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> one continuous tooth, no definition, just a wall. Uh, I'm so uh, glad. And if you see Lily now, she has beautiful teeth, sparkling white, very clean. Uh, we, this is one reason to get you. sober. <laughs> um, but, but back to this idea of like, I think that's kind of part of the progression though, right? Because like they talk about an invisible line of like alcoholism or addiction where you like, you can't kind of go back. You cannot self-recover. Like there's parts of yourself that are kind of like unreachable after a certain point like if, yeah. even if you even if you really want to go back to a place where like you know you can drink like a normal person or whatever but like there's like a level of self-annihilation that makes that impossible and it's weird because it always comes up in like the most kind of inane circumstance but I was like walking through a stable today with <laughs> quality problems and I that thought came to me about like you know, when you start using really early in the day and you're just like, I, t it's like, nothing is going to happen. Like there's nothing that can be done <laughs> today. Today's a, today's today's a, wash, a wash for no reason either. <laughs> it's just like, I'm a useless fuck and I'm going to be unaccountable for any of my behavior starting at like 11. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> like, and you know, it's not going to like get better, you know, like I, I know if I start doing cocaine at 11 AM, like it's that's it. Like that's the thing I'm doing today. Well, that's the only thing you're going to do because the, the, the wheels have started turning, you know, totally. And that lack of accountability of just like, I don't care about anything. Like it was on one hand delicious. And on the other hand, just like, what the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> and then we are like, wow, it's so crazy to like become an adult. <laughs> Like, of course, yes. we could not have, quote unquote, like become mature human individuals while that was happening. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like you, you can't, like, you, I learn, I learn yeah. to experience. And if I'm not experiencing anything, it's not happening. And I didn't experience life. I was, I was, I had a bl I had blinders on, even <laughs> no, if I was doing right. something, I wasn't experiencing it. Like it just wasn't happening. Yeah. Yes. So. Oh, so, true. so then, um, uh, what happened when you got sober? Like, I know that one of the, th wait, right. <laughs> let me finish the question. Cause it's classic. I recall one of the things that we discussed prior to recording was this idea that early sobriety <laughs> impotence is a hot topic in men's stag right, meetings. So this is going <laughs> on the discuss. record for thousands of people. Um, yeah, no, this is important. And I bring it up Anonymous whenever thing. the subject of, whenever I can like shoehorn it into my share in a meeting <laughs> with men, just because I think it's appropriate. I don't know. It's weird to talk about it with women. It's not like, I don't feel like yeah. embarrassed about it, but um, I just think it's inappropriate. Anyway. Um, yeah. I, there was a time. So there was a time I was terrified of sex after I got sober. There was a time I was like ultra, like horny, I guess. Mm -hmm. And then there was a time when I was terrified and those kind of co-mingled, but then also um, I was, and then I, then I realized I was impotent and that, and that happened. That's that, it was like that for about two months, something like that. 
But it was, I was already several months sober. So I felt like I was like, whoa, I'm okay. Like I haven't had a drink and I don't remember my last drink. Um, and I, um, yeah, I, I couldn't have, have sex if I tried. And I, um, it terrified me. I didn't talk to any, I didn't talk to my sponsor at the time. Um, I didn't talk to anyone about it. Um, and it was the, it was the closest I came to premeditated being like, you know what? Uh, this is great. The sobriety thing is great, but sex is important. And I want to have, even though, by the way, like my last drinking days were, I mean, God, I, like that ability had gone a while ago and it like, maybe it would come back occasionally, but it wasn't like I was some sexual, you know, I, I was so out of touch with my, my body and certainly my emotions, uh, that sex wasn't like, even if I had sex, it was like, just, I don't know. It wasn't the way it is now anyway. But so, yeah, but so I was impotent and, um, and I didn't talk about it. It was embarrassing. It, it, it was something, you know, men, this doesn't happen to men, you know, I'm, I'm a virile, you know, healthy man and this, and it's not cool. Mm. And I, but then this dude, mm. random guy talked about it and he, and he just like, and I know that in the literature, uh, it, there's passing reference to it, but I'm like, whatever. At the time I was like, I remember even reading that being like, whatever. They're just, this is like from the thirties. I don't care. Um, but now I, yeah. I don't have any qualms with the literature. I love it. But, um, Anyway, like this dude shared about it and after, and afterwards I, I grabbed him and I was like, Hey, can we talk? And we talked and he was really open and he was really sincere. And I was like, man, this is, this is great. And it, like, I didn't have any control over it. I, I couldn't do anything about it, but it passed. And then, um, and that's what he told me. He was like, it passed, it'll pass. You'll be fine. And it passed. And it, but it was like, yeah. No, no, no. I'm just like, I'm so grateful for you talking about it just because I think like women, we don't necessarily have like outboard <laughs> equipment <laughs> but I know so many of us do just like kind of talk about that like in terms of feeling fear and disconnection and lack of being embodied and being really disassociative especially when we first get sober and kind of having like a really like an oscillating roller coaster of like desire and terror and entire lack of desire but like I, I from what I've gathered there's often a lot more dialogue that happens among women than there is that happens with dudes around sex right. outside of kind of locker room talk. <laughs> like we were talking to my, my partner about this last night and he's like, yeah, I don't know what's going on in my friend's <laughs> sex lives. Um, and I definitely know what's going on in my friend's sex lives and they know what's going on in mine. And it, it helps us kind of like normalize and, and feel safe and, and right. be well with each other, you know? Um, and so it's, yeah. it's, it's really rad actually that you can be this vulnerable with us and, because I'm sure there's somebody listening who's like, fuck. Well, yeah. I thank mean, God. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's so important. Yeah. No, but I was just going to say, it's so important. Like it kind of takes the air out of the balloon because I think like we have this sort of, you know, expectation that like that for, you know, there's this sort of almost like societal expectation, like you're saying with men to just be virile and have all, you know, in depression era impotence, that's one thing, like whatever. But now we have this abundance of stuff that can kind of, you know, that's supposed to be able to turn us on. And I think like, I love that you're kind of taking the stigma off of that because that deep on a deep level, I think is something that is, it could be potentially shameful for a lot of people in early recovery and really make it mean something more than it necessarily needs to. And like for, you know, the other side of that coin for women, like Louisa was sharing about, it's sort of interesting because there's a lot of conversation. I actually didn't have that much conversation with friends about it at the time, but there's a lot of, 
I've later found stuff about women and faking it, you know, and that like this sort of performative aspect of like, I know for me, that's all I did in the beginning is I didn't even know how to not do that. It was like the switch turns on when I'm being, you know, having sex. And then it just goes right into that because it's like, I remember thinking like, my greatest aspiration was to make someone fall in love with me when I first got sober and to feel lovable. And who was going to love someone that wasn't really feeling anything? Like who was going to love, so, you know, I, if I was just acting like how I really felt, nobody was going to love that. And it's like, so I was, you know, I'm going to be this wild, like, this, you know, bordering on porny kind of individual. That's just like, everything feels amazing all the time, you know? And it's like, but because of, the fact that it's less easy to discern with women, you can kind of get away with it. And yet the inside stuff that happens is just probably very similar to the inside stuff that happens with men of just like this sort of, I'm not able to perform. I'm less of a whatever. And it's like, that's so not true. You know, it's just sort of a process of being patient with sometimes I feel like your body kind of catching up with the rest of you, you know, and, or, or all of it kind of coming together in a way. But I, I really appreciate you sharing about that so frankly, because I think people, you know, like you said, it took one guy sharing about it for you to just sort of have a moment of like, oh, okay, right. I'm not alone. Yeah, and I think, so, um, well, because it's also for yeah. me related to desire, to, to feeling, to desire and to, I mean, desire yeah. is like mm-hmm. a yes. huge motivator for me. And so along with the impotence was out, was, was the no desire. And it was just like this, it was just this non-feeling yeah. state, which happens still now occasionally, but I, I appreciate it. I, I cherish yeah. it. But um, of course. It, it was terrifying, you know, it's, it's everything <laughs> stopping, you know, and, and then yeah. and like it's like put, going in front of a mirror again, just like with the pandemic. It's like everything's stopping. I have to look at myself. Holy shit. What the fuck? Totally. Um, but, but it was great. I mean, I've had, I have, I have to say that my first sponsor, my sponsor for the first four and a half years of my sobriety was uh, a gay man. And I, (laughs) I love him to death because he, I don't know, he was so open about this stuff. He was just like, yeah, man, that's cool. And also when we were talking about specific sexual things, (laughs) I could say anything. And he was like, whatever, dude, you, that's boring. That is so like, that doesn't interest me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It isn't that great too to be told uh, it's boring. You're like, oh, yeah, I, okay, cool. Like, there's no, I'm not, you know, he he's not. He's not shocked, over and I can't compete shocked, with him because like, I still wanted to compete. I wanted to be like, look at this, look at this accomplishment. He's like, fuck you, that's lame. Right. Like, first of all, that's lame, and second of all, you can't compete. <laughs> <Yeah>. So stop. <laughs> <laughs> I love that's it. That's awesome. <laughs> Just like cut you off the legs, just like stop. Oh yeah, it was. There was a lot of a lot of tough nothing. love in that relationship. Hilarious. I loved it. <laughs> well, it apparently so, worked. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you're you're now a parent and a partner. So how does recovery um, kind of inform those well, relationships today? Um, I know people who've done it, and I know you know people are drunk today, and yeah. they, you know they have kids, and I, I don't want to. I can't shame that. You know that there's no shame in that. That's addiction, but. um I don't know how I could do it drinking. Yeah. I am. Um, uh, I've got to be present all the time, constantly. Like it's right. It's now that, yeah. that, that recovery needs to work. I don't have time to go to a meeting. I don't have time mm-hmm. to, um, to call a fellow even sometimes I need it to work. I need to be, if I'm, if I'm in conflict and that happens all the time because I, you know, I just, I'm in conflict a lot with things 
you know, with my prime, prime relationships with my wife, with my child, I don't really have conflicts with her because she's still coming online. She's not even like a full human yet, but, um, I love her. I adore her. She's amazing. She's two and a half. <laughs> two. Um, the, but yeah, I mean, I needed to work. If I'm like, I don't have time. If I, I, I go, I go into fight mode and I don't have time to talk to someone or anything. I need, I need to, I need to, I need the program to work. I need to be like, okay, what have I done? What's happening? And I, and I can even allow myself to maybe be right. I'm probably right, but there's something that I'm doing wrong. Let's, let's talk, let's, let's, let's inventory that. And then, yeah. and then try and get through it and then make amends if I can and then move forward because I just can't. I, but anyway, um, is, does that answer the question? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you also talked about kind of like where your drinking left you within your relationship, <laughs> your wife being like, we can live together, but I don't want you part of my life, which is a crazy statement to begin with. <laughs> like, how did you go about kind of um, repairing that? Like, at, after getting sober, what happened? I mean, it, and, and like, it doesn't happen in my time. I can't control it. I, I mean, of course, of course, doing everything I can to clean up, making amends and really, you know, she doesn't want me to say sorry. She wants okay. me to change my behavior. Uh, and even today, that's, that's impo not impossible. It's extremely difficult. I don't like changing. The, the fundamental core of this program for me is yeah. like changing myself. And today it's just as difficult as it was, you know, day one, except it's not, the stakes aren't nearly as high. You know, mm -hmm. it's not life or death, but it's, it's just as, I, 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 you know, I have to, you know, it's not as difficult as stopping drinking. I won't, I won't compare it to that, but the, but it feels difficult. It feels incredibly difficult anyway. Um, so, but yeah, it's just, it took time. It took change behavior and I can still, um, she still gets, in, I can still, um, I isolate and sort of go into my head, into my own head. And if, if that happens, I mean, like I naturally do that and I'll just snap out of it. But, um, if I, if it happens too much, she gets upset. She's no, because that, that reminds her of the way it was. I was, I was just in my brain when I wasn't drinking. I was mm, just this yeah. sullen, whatever yeah. cavity of a human. And then when I was drinking, I was either up or yeah. I was down, but it, it was, yeah. But, um, yeah, I guess. I don't know. What do you I'm talking way too much. I hate talking about what what do you guys say? It's yeah, but this should be a conversation. We love it. <laughs> we, we appreciate that. Thank you, Max, for being like conscientious and reflective. Um <laughs> now about memes. Uh, <laughs> how memes. I, how did fucking sober start? I started look, I, I, I don't know. I saw a recovery meme once and I was like, oh wow, I can't believe you can make jokes about that. That's really funny. And it wasn't just I heard there's a pill that makes you that what? Oh God, I can't even say it. I can't even tell jokes. That's what you're going to discover. Like I'm not funny. I'm just not a funny person. Um, what is it? We're 53 minutes into the I show. Think, I heard that there's a pill that you, can, that, that you can take that will make you not an alcoholic. And then it's like, what will happen if I take two? Like that joke. Anyway, there were memes and they weren't that yes. joke. I love that joke. I've never heard that joke. I, I mean, love you've that heard that joke. joke. <laughs> yes. My first heard, time that's like the most common I joke. I don't think so. <laughs> okay. I've heard that joke. Okay, so anyway, there were but there were people making... <laughs> I'm delighted by it. They were making jokes about recovery, and I forget... I don't know who it was, but I, I liked it. And I started making a couple, and I showed them to my friends, and they were like, oh, that's funny. And I was like, oh, well, might as well put them on... I don't know. And so I just put them on... I made an account and put them on there, and then people started liking them. And then the validation began, the, the loop... 
But yes. I don't know. I mean, I, and we know that the World Wide Web is a nightmare cesspool. Like, how did how did that actually? Because I know that I think we probably discussed it. Yeah. Just it's like the, the loop of validation being a fucking like terror trip. Like, how how do you kind of I don't know curb that or like handle that because like it's kind of a big yeah, deal. Yeah, I mean, even with non addicts, <laughs> it's an issue. Like everyone in the world, but um. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm absolutely an addict, and I yeah. can become absolutely <laughs> addicted to my phone. I might, you know, I probably am now, but it's not. I, I have to live with it, so I have to d- d- find a way to d- to 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 deal with it. But um, yeah, I don't know. I have to disengage. I have to like I, I take breaks now. I didn't at first, and now I take breaks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not real. This is not real. It's just it's like this virtual world. <laughs> so if I if I'm yeah. if I get if I get upset <laughs> over anything that happens online, I know that there's something going on. Like what's wrong with me? I need to not what's wrong with me, but like what that that's a, that's an indicator. I need to step away. I need to look, and I and and I have a life. It's wonderful. That I can actually Absolutely. like deal with my life. I have I have a wife and child. But um, well, the nice yeah. thing about like children and animals is that they do not give a fuck oh, what's God, going no. on in your phone. They're just yeah. like that's. Real Unfortunately, life. my wife doesn't either. She couldn't yeah. care less. No, I'm it's like so yo. True. <laughs> that's actually great i feel like that's a good reminder for you like to balance the you know to balance it out i need i f- wish i was reminded that every day because i'll find i slide into this place of starting to be under the illusion that somehow that's all real life and looking at what's everybody else doing what am i doing and comparing contrast i like, yeah. need that reminder of that because there's been a couple reality checks of that in sobriety where you like have this impression of what's going on with someone and then you get the real story and then you're like oh, it like becomes very clear to you that things are not as they appear. And I like, you know, I feel like I need that stamped on something for yeah, me to I look lo- at every day. I mean, I, it's important for me to understand that it's validating yeah. in a real sense. Like, okay, people do like whatever I say. And I guess that's validating that it's not uh, yeah. not just me who thinks these things or feels this way. But um, but I mean, I, there are real world, like I'm talking to you guys. This is great. This is really cool. This wouldn't have happened if I didn't do this. So it's... There's really neat yes, stuff happening. Yeah, about it. But, um, that's true. But also, like, who gives a shit? Like, yeah, and I, I uh, think you well, people also. I do too. I feel like, yeah, there's. It's important to have like a levity around some of this and like be able to make fun of ourselves, like, because there can be such like a sort of dogmatic, serious side of it on on one end of the spectrum, and so it's really cool to be able to have just some sort of lightness and like. I love that about it. I think that's amazing. I, and I love your Thank content. You, but, it's great. Um, but I mean, I don't know where to go with that because. Hashtag content. <laughs> so what? Hashtag content? Oh, sorry. <laughs> yes. Uh, like, I mean, I, where really do you go with that? Because I, I don't <laughs> like, um, I don't know. I think the stuff that really helps isn't, uh, I can't quantify it. And it comes from something other than me. And it comes from, I don't, I don't have any control over it. But um, yeah, I don't know. What, yeah. Like, it's cool that that stuff helps. And that's great. But I don't want to feel responsibility to anyone. And I don't want, it's absolutely, if someone relies upon well, that, it's like, whoa, yeah. no, don't. <laughs> That's like, what the fuck? <laughs> but I don't know. No, but for instance, like, I know that, like, I send, I send your memes about, like, fourth step taking forever and just be people procrastinating. Not, like, I have two sponsees who are either in or just finished with four steps. And it's been a, it's been a hilarious motivator right, okay, for all good. of us <laughs> to get to the other side yes. of that fucking right. nightmare. <laughs> yeah. For example. 
Well, and so oh on that, what makes a good recovery? Uh, meet, you great question. <laughs> Being the expert. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. Um, well, I think uh, I'll, I'll say to myself, don't fucking overthink it, asshole. Uh, this is me to me. <laughs> don't overthink it. Such gentle <laughs> self-talk. <laughs> you motherfucker. You are nothing. Um, don't, but uh, like, I don't know. Keep it simple. And, uh, and is it real? Do you really feel that way? Is it, are you saying this or are you just like, yeah. I don't mm. know, pandering? Yeah. I think that's for artwork. Too. I love that. I have to follow those guidelines Absolutely. in my non non recovering <laughs> meme posts. Do you really feel that? Are way? you pandering, Louisa? No. Are you pandering to your audience? Um, <laughs> I constantly. <laughs> um, finally, in recovery, in recovery, we often t- discuss a sex ideal or who we want to show up as in our romantic or sexual relationships. So, for what myself, is your sex what ideal I want to be like today? I have to be honest and I have to be mm-hmm. real. Uh, and I have to, I have to be honest with like what I want. Um, and I have to be absolutely accepting of whatever, whatever she wants. Um, and I, I, yeah, but, oh man, I'm so, so like, I don't know. I, I don't know how to say this without being like, whoa, like I'm such a bas- bastard, but like, I'm just selfish with everything. And I, and it, I have to be constantly reminded that like, I'm not the only person, I'm not the center of the universe. I'm not the center of the universe sexually. I'm not the center. Like, and, and like, I have to be really gentle with feelings. I'm just not, I'm, I have these, I don't know. I punch, <laughs> I don't punch. I'm not physically violent, but I feel like I'm just like this punchy <laughs> jackass. And I need to be like, whoa, chill out, dude. You, you know, you're dealing with other people's feelings and stuff. What are y'all's? I'm boring. Mm, I'm a boring cishet yeah. married dude. <laughs> <laughs> <Cis-hat>. <laughs> Lily, you first. Oh, you know, I mean, that's a really, I think everything that you said, and I, you know, I'm also, I'm in a relationship with an alcoholic. So, um, sober. I think that sober some of, uh, so, sorry, <laughs> sober alcoholic, I should share that. So, you know, who has a lot of the you know, uh, you know, I'm 16, he's 19. And so there's kind of some, some part where you get to where you kind of the, the sort of the issues become. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's crazy. It's crazy. So we, we get to have this kind of language of recovery, but also like, and yet still it's kind of what you're sharing about of like, at least some of what I heard is like, and most of the relationships I've been in, there's like one partner who's kind of like this and there's one partner who's kind of like this. And yet, like, you think it must be hard for this partner. And yet there's things that the sort of up and down partner introduces that the other partner wouldn't have. So I, I'm kind of getting lost in my thoughts. But basically, you know, I think sex ideal being really what I want to be when I show up is I want to be someone that, you know, honest, respectful, open, encourages creativity and that kind of is the best version of myself that I could, you know, that I should, can show up to be. And, um, and I really feel like I have that today and I had a lot of years of it not being like that. So I love what, you know, I love what you said. And Louisa and I both only children. So I think we absolutely understand this sort <laughs> of like not being the center extreme, of the universe. extreme unwielding right. selfishness at times, at least for me, I should share that. Like, and having to really counterbalance that um, with some like actual, you know, as they say, contrary action of like showing up and then being surprised that 
oh, that actually kind of works or feels good or introduces a really beautiful part of myself. You know, I shared this on the podcast, but my partner has kids. I've never even really been around kids before. And the idea of having to like be responsive to children when I've been literally not only just an only child, but like running my own thing for years and then doing the action of showing up and being like, oh, this actually kind of feels amazing. And I love this, you know, not all the time, but (laughs) a lot of the time. So that's kind of, that's kind of what I come to about it. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. I mean, it's funny because this, I, I have a, we, (laughs) I discussed, went over the instructions for a sex inventory with a sponsee yesterday and we're trying a new thing that I'm trying to do in a kind of more trauma informed way for sponsees who have had some trauma sexually that's more about instead of like I feel like a traditional sex inventory can also can often be about like a narrative of each relationship and if that's super traumatic it can bring up a lot of darkness been trying to do a different way in which instead of like listing like person and then like what happened and what my part is kind of listing like in which instances was I selfish what did that look like Mm -hmm. in which instances was I dishonest or uh, like you know provoking jealousy or bitterness or suspicion in which instances like was the relationship selfish or not and how so instead of like each story it's kind of more about really focusing on my behavior and then like what I should have done instead and to kind of because it was a little bit challenging and she's the first person I'm doing it this way with I tried writing about it myself this morning and so really focusing on the like the sex ideal being like what I should have done instead and like Lily actually heard my last sex inventory. I read it to her. And it's like, since then, it's been like five years and I've been in this relationship that I'm in now. And um, like at the time, it was very much like about kind of how to navigate being a single person in a sex ideal. So like, how, like if it's not right, don't pretend it's right and get out of there swiftly, surely, respectfully try and be considerate mm-hmm. that the other person has a fucking life and not everything's about you all the time. Yeah. And this time, like what even just kind of going over it kind of briefly this morning, it was more like really like remembering that my partner is a gift and like treating them like a gift. Like I'm under no illusion. Like my partner in a lot of ways is like kind of a better person than I am with more ease. <laughs> <laughs> and it's often, not such a struggle <laughs> yeah and, or that like he's just kind of naturally like he's not an alcoholic and he's like kind of the first non-sober non-alcoholic person I've ever been with um long term it's like so much of the time I just like really believe my own bullshit and like I need a distraction or I don't like this is innocuous or like kind of like you know I'm like running my own fucking show and so much mm-hmm. of like what I should have done instead or like the person that I want to show up as is like remembering he's a fucking gift. Like remembering this thing that we have is like fucking magical. And that like, I've never experienced something like this before, even if I'm like doing more dishes than he is, (laughs) you know, like, can I remember how magical and like lovely this is and like kind of live in that space like really want what I have, you know, as opposed to kind of constantly mm-hmm. being like, I need constant attention. Who's going to give me fucking attention, <laughs> you know? Cause like, I don't want to be that guy anymore. I'm fucking 35. <laughs> like that shit is boring and it's never as precious as this shit is, you know, but it's so easy yeah. for me to just to be like, Hmm, 
that looks exciting. I need some validation. And it's like, get over yourself. Like You have something amazing. You're just going to like piss it away, you know, because you're like sniffing around for other validation. Like, fuck off, you know? Yeah. Ugh, maybe I just got too real there. <laughs> well, what, are, what, no, what are the boundaries with that? Because That's it great. naturally occurs. I'm talking about the other validation, like being a little flirtatious. Is that allowed? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that like for, for me for a long time, and maybe Lily can also attest to this, and, and perhaps you have experience with this too, like perhaps in the lens of sobriety, I felt like anything I did that was like outside of absolutely perfect all the time, especially in relationships, I would just like sever that part of what was going on and like split. It would like move entirely into shadow and I wouldn't be able to like acknowledge it until I was like in it and like kind of doing weird fucked up slippery behavior. And then, Oh my God, it was so gnarly. It was like, and this is for many years in recovery and only recently I'm like, Oh, it's like a fucking normal human thing. Like chill out. You're not actually acting on anything. You're just like, Mm -hmm. you're being human. Can we, integrate this more and can we like be like oh kid you just need some attention can you ask for attention from a person who's appropriate to ask for attention right. <laughs> yeah. you know as opposed to like shaming and shadow and all this like for me it's like very much like splitting like the part of me that is doing anything that I don't deem perfect I really like it goes unacknowledged until I really like mm. um, consciously integrate it and kind of like ask it what it needs right. <laughs> so much therapy yeah. I have a therapist now and she's like yeah, amazing. It's, we and we do shadow stuff, and I don't. I don't know anything about this stuff. I don't know the words. I don't know anything. But it's beautiful. Like you're putting words to things that are just magical to me. Oh, yes. I'm very passionate about. Like this work has been so transformative that I think it's like, you know, that essentially like no parts of us get to yeah. be kind of outcast. You know, it's like it's all, especially in in recovery, it's about kind of recovering those parts and integrating them in a way that feels. Yeah, as soon as you deny like, it, well. it, it grows in the shadow. Like, it's like it's like with secrets, like how we talk about like you, you can't have secrets because yeah. it's going to grow. As soon as I let it go, it's like I don't care. Like that whole thing about impotence. Good yeah. God, I held it, you know, <laughs> and it was like, and now I don't give it. It's like whatever. Yes. Yeah, it happened. I'm all man now. No, I'm now you're talking about it on a podcast. You have these 200 <laughs> monthly listeners. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, like it, all the stuff. And that's, that, that's the magical stuff about like when people come into recovery and they're like, oh, there's some secrets I'll never tell or they think that and I thought that. And it, but it's the, the, the paradox is that as soon as you tell it to one person you, that you oh, trust this one person that I'll tell for, with me, oh, now I can tell it to other people as long as it'll help yeah. them. And now it'll help them. I know that this dark thing that I kept a secret – I can help people with it. It's crazy. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. And, totally. and then when somebody comes to you with a similar yeah, yeah, secret, yeah. you love yeah. them. You're like, like the, yeah. it, that's always unexpected. You're like, Oh my goodness. Like I have so much like affection for you and you're what you think yeah. is darkness. You're not a scumbag too. and I love you. We are, t- we are the same. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's so like basic because like it's like talking to people who they have never understood feelings. They're like, oh my, what is love? <laughs> but it's beautiful and it's so it's like it's the best part that like no one but you can't describe can, until you feel it. Yeah, that's what um, like, I mean. I I'm still I'm five yeah. and a half years sober, so I'm a bit new compared to y'all. But <laughs> the um like the feeling stuff, like it it oh, was only fun. like after a year sober, after two years sober. I felt feelings that I had. It's like this weird, I get this constant nostalgia with feelings because they're feelings that I hadn't felt since I was 14. 
since before I started like, and it, so I'm like, oh, I feel that exact oh same God. feeling I felt. I it's that. like the smells, like you smell things. And it was this con- first years of sobriety were the, a constant onslaught of that. And every feeling, like good feelings had a, this slight darkness and dark feelings had this slight goodness to them. It was crazy. It showed me, it was only after like two years that I realized, oh fuck, alcohol had me from the beginning. Because as soon as I started drinking, those, the, 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 mm-hmm. the finest part, of everything just got cut off, you know? And, uh, and so I was good God. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. That's so intense. Yeah. And it's interesting too. Like I was on a panel about like mental health this week, which is ridiculous, (laughs) but they, um, one of the questions was like, what is mental health to you? And I was like, that is a wild question. (laughs) Yeah. But it made me think about exactly what Max is talking about. This idea that like, like it's to have kind of access to the full spectrum and also access to kind of modulating or moderating the intensity of my experience of this, of the emotional spectrum. So I'm not like barf crying in an airport (laughs) or like totally numb, like lying in bed being like, my partner just told me I love me and he loves me. And I'm just like, "Ah." (laughs) you know, that I can actually kind of like, have a relationship with my ability to feel feelings, which is a very new thing mm. in sobriety. Like that for a long time, I was yeah. just like <laughs> kind of a, a victim yeah. of all that. You yeah. Know? It, it comes mm-hmm. up with me in work and in, in, yeah, in my relationship with my partner. Absolutely. There's things like, Oh God, feeling nervous. Like the re- part of the reason I got fired in this first dream job was cause I, I still wasn't in touch with stuff and I still felt the way you said, I, I can't talk like the way you talk. I can't, I can't vocalize these things the way you do, but I like, I could just say same. What you just, what you just said, like, same, right? <laughs> no, <but> like, <laughs> um, like I couldn't, um, Oh fuck. I just lost it. Never mind. We'll find it. <laughs> I bet so cool. shame. Don't worry. Lightning round. Do you okay, want to yeah, lightning round. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> lightning round. Let's, let's make it easy. Lightning. We'll fucking like feel like make it jazzy at the end. Lily, you want to kick us off? Yeah. So just the first thing that comes up, whatever it is, lightning round. What's uh, your favorite smell? Orange blossoms. Blossoms, not the not the not the fruit. Ooh. Ooh. Right. Yes. That's really nice. <laughs> yeah, I had that in a lemonade the other really? day, and it was unbelievable you should try putting it in lemonade huh. yeah i know it sounds weird but it was really oh delicious. wait favorites i'm sorry but this is on. also <laughs> favorites no this really is my favorite smell and it's like a drug-like response my daughter when she was a newborn her head it, th- this is a thing i didn't realize it was a thing until i was talking to people her head smelled like i don't know it, it smelled like it was drugs it was like intense goodness okay Oh. Wait, is it every, every newborn, newborn head or just no? Because everyone has the head. same reaction. And yeah, you can sniff. I haven't done it yet, but I'm okay. I'm, I'm really considering okay. sniffing. Like asking a stranger on the street next time. I, yeah, may I sniff Other your newborn's babies. head? <laughs> you have to refine the yeah, essence. It's this weird thing. Like, evolutionarily, it's it. important. Like you, you do not want to. <laughs> you want to protect it. It smells amazing. Yeah, it's so weird having a kid. So parents don't kill their children because you're like you smell amazing. No, I like I don't. Yeah. I've talked weirdly weird shit you. about my child, but like I absolutely adore her. And like if you are considering having kids, it's such a Aww. trip. It's so amazing. Like it's such a challenge and so like such weird things. Like oh my god, I'm like I get to relive these. Like the the cycle of life occurs, and like I get to break or start these these patterns. And oh, it's crazy. All this weird shit. 
I love that. I love your enthusiasm for it. And now we're going to weirdly pivot to the question, what turns you on? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Attention. I need it all. No, um, I don't know. Touch. I'm sensual word for that. Touch, touch, sensuous. Yes. Yeah. We love that. What do I love? uh, What do you love? God and my wife and children. No, um, So wholesome. You're the most wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> Those are totally acceptable and very normal answers. That is acceptable. Uh, I don't, what do I love? Yeah, I don't know. I answers. love like agopically, what? Like romantically? However you want to I love that. love. I, um, I, Whatever I, comes to how mind about first. This? I know I'm in a good place when I can appreciate my love for more and more things. How about that? Okay. That's beautiful. Because for me, I yes. like I change. I, I, I go all um, over the place. Fair. Well, uh, oh, uh, <laughs> what is on your bedside table? Uh, a lamp and uh, some book. George Orwell's essays. Oh, great! Yeah, it's dense. He's Very a dense impressive. writer. I didn't realize. I thought I'd like him, but. For the first two years of my relationship, I had a book of Tolstoy short stories on the side of my bed <laughs> that I cracked like twice. I think I remember seeing Because my that. sponsor gave it to me. Yeah. And it was just to impress okay. my partner. And then never sponsor gave Tolstoy short stories? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> She's like, these will help. I'm like, what? what? Right. Russian literature. It's <laughs> I great. Hope you're listening. <laughs> um, favorite book or series you've recently consumed and loved? Um, this has, uh, it has to be book or series, whatever you want, or any content, Movie, yeah. content, co- hashtag content, hashtag content. Account. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't stand the, uh, the, the jargon for like anything, social media, like content, it's really in, bad. influencer, obviously, but like engagement. Oh, it's so bad. It's like the worst business. What about thing. if I told you? Okay. Do what, yeah. what about if I told you that I stand? Stand what? You stand. It's cool to stand. <laughs> no. Oh, so that, see, I when people are like, I stand, that drives oh, me really? crazy. I feel like that's that's somewhat in the realm. I mean, I think the idea of really loving and fa- being a fan of someone's great, but just that expression for some reason. It's, it's rooted in the etymology is Eminem, right? It's that. Yeah, Eminem, and true. I hear it means also stalker plus fan equals Stan. Right, because that's Stan, oh, the biggest that fan. That makes sense. Have you Stan. not heard the, say, the song? <laughs> yeah, I know the song. Oh yeah, I know the song. <laughs> I want to do a lightning round with music. Who were the Furious Five? Tell me, who were the Furious Five? No. Uh, okay, wait. Uh, okay, I don't watch TV really right now. Except like Peppa Pig, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> That's your favorite thing you consumed recently. Great. It really Moving sucks. on. <laughs> um, uh, uh, oh, we went to see Green Knight in the theater. I had one. This is my life now. I had one with my, we were a month home with my parents and they, they allowed me one night without, my, allowed us one night without our child. So we went to see Green Knight. It was decent. But I, like, I didn't like it, but I appreciated it. it does that make any sense? Yeah, for sure. Like, it, it's yeah. not a superhero movie, thank God. And like, it's, uh, like, hey, we're we're like trying to thoughtfully make a blockbuster. I don't think it worked, but I like that. <laughs> we appreciate the yeah. effort. <laughs> good one. It's like, but good one. 
Finally, where can we find you on the World Wide Web? Uh, on Instagram at fucking, under, at, at fucking underscore sober. Amazing. Thank you so much, Max. You're a fantastic Thank you so guest. Much. Thank you. I don't think I've yes. ever laughed this much on an episode. We really right. like appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, it was fantastic. You are funny. Thanks. Are we still are we You're still good. taping or no? Yeah. I'm I'm gonna oh. stop it. One, two, three, stop. <laughs> <laughs>